Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all kinds of conversations like mental health, self-care, self-love, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a community where we support one another to get to the next level in personal life and business life. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, let's get this show started. On today's episode, Episode, I have the pleasure to talk to Haiti de la Cruz, who recently self-published a poetry book, The Poems Dive Deep Into a Dark Period of Her Life, Trying to Get Over a Toxic Relationship. She was dealing with uh, the death of her mother, which I am so sorry for that, and overcoming all of that. She writes about mental health also. With her poetry book, she hopes it will connect with at least one person and provide hope if some uh, someone is going through a dark period in their life, that there is hope on the other side. Truly a powerful message. And I can't wait to dive into this conversation with Haiti. Welcome to my show. So tell us, what is life with Haiti de la Cruz? <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much for letting me come on your space, your platform, and speak with your audience. What is life with Haiti de la Cruz right now? Honestly, it's very busy. Um, <laughs> it's very busy just trying to promote this book, trying to book myself into podcasts. So today I'm actually doing two two shows, which I'm excited about. So this one, and then I have another one. And yeah, just trying to get my book out there. I, I did um a book signing party, like a book launch party, and like all my Ooh. friends and family were there and just like the love and support was just so amazing. The energy was like so encouraging and it was amazing. And so yeah, so just very busy season right now and just trying to get this book out there and be guests on podcast and connecting and networking with different women too. So I'm trying to like get the word out there in my in my town where I live. So I've been like going to like different um, networking events, uh, meeting up with uh, so many powerful women, women in business, and it's just been really great right now. Um, just, you know, just everything that's coming from just writing this book. Like, so I, I never like imagined me being right here, but I absolutely love it. Like, I just thank God every single day for this opportunity, honestly. That is so awesome. And then poetry, like that is so hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started poetry when I was young, right? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't share with anybody. And one of my friends from middle school, I had a, a notebook, right, with all my poems. And for some reason, I felt comfortable sharing with her, you know, because I feel like poetry is very personal, right? Yep. So it's like, it's hard to like, you know, share with people. So I shared it with her and she was the first person that was like, Heidi, these are really good, you know? And I, and I didn't believe it, you know, cause you're like, you're right or whatever, but like, it's like, you know, it's just like for you. But when she read it, she was like, oh my gosh, these are really, really good. But and it wasn't until, what was it? 28, 2017, 2018, that I actually started sharing my poetry to on social media so like i created a instagram specifically for my poetry and then i started sharing it on my blog so i was blogging since 2014 but it wasn't until like you know 2018 yeah that i like started to actually like had the courage to share and so you know once i started sharing i was getting good feedback um from people and so from there i was like you know what you know maybe i could do a poetry book 
Um, and but the poems in this particular book is like um, you mentioned in the intro is the poems that I wrote while I was trying to get over a toxic relationship with um, my daughter's dad and then also with dealing with the death of my mother and then so like poetry and writing these things like really helped me like you know get my feelings out trying to like you know just get it all out of my system and then so after I was able to leave the relationship I also decided to go to therapy just to unpack and deal with everything because everything happened like back to back so the poems yeah so it was just like all through the journey right so it was like it starts off dark and then it goes through the healing process and then there's one particular chapter that is about my mother because um before she passed she got diagnosed with bipolar disorder so it was like okay a lot of things make sense because her and i had a very I don't want to say love and hate relationship, but it wasn't like the whole mother, like motherly daughter relationship that you expect a mother and a daughter to have, right? And so since I studied psychology, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, when my therapist, or when I found out that she got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I was like, okay, this all makes sense. Her ups and downs, her, um, you know, just her outburst. Um, she was also um, alcoholic, so her drinking a lot and a lot of like her behaviors, it all stemmed from her bipolar disorder, but not knowing that you have that and not being treated, you know, it's really hard. And so I remember my therapist specifically telling me that, you know, people who are bipolar, they have a hard time having relationships with people, all types of relationship, right? So like they can't have a relationship with their mother, they won't have like a, a good relationship with, you know, their kids, their, their friends or partners. And I was like, that makes sense because my mom never could hold a friendship, you know, like she would have like people like in and out of her life, but then like something always happened. And she had a rocky relationship with her mother and then her and I had a rocky relationship. So I was like, oh my gosh, like all of this makes sense. So there's a specific chapter, you know, dedicated just to her and then the last chapter is like the rainbow you know so it's like the storm after the rainbow after the storm so like you go through all these hardships but there's a light at the end of the tunnel so when i announced that i published this book i felt so nervous like i started shaking because it's like okay it's out there i was so vulnerable and like people are really gonna see like what i went through and like pretty much like the inside of my soul you know you're like you're yeah. like pulling your heart out to the people and yeah so i got really nervous and i was like you know what like okay this is it like i can't take it back it's out there but honestly the feedback that i've received from the book have been amazing and it has made me feel like it's all worth it right so like I said, like I wanted it to connect to one person and it's already done that. Like people have reached out and told me like, I can feel the emotions that you're writing. I can feel like I'm going through, like while I was reading the book, they're like, I feel like I'm going through everything with you. And and some people, you know, who have known me like during the time, they, they, they told me like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know like what you were going through at the time. I'm sorry for not being there, but it's like, it's like I had God, you know, like I had God during that that period and he got me through it. So it's like now I just reflect back and think like, God, this is why I went through what I went through to share my story and try to help others and connect with others. 
So yeah, it's just been amazing to see God working in all this and just being on the other side of it and be able to look back and reflect. And it's like, wow, like you, I overcame a lot, you know, and thank God, like now I'm able to, like I did the work, I did the therapy and uh, now I'm able to share. Although I do believe that healing is like a lifetime journey, you know, but yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And oh my gosh, I can relate so much. It's mm. not even funny. As we spoke before the uh, episode, uh, before I hit record, you are for Dominican, uh, from R Dominican Republic. I'm from Puerto Rico. So that right there, Hispanic. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about mental health. Nope. Or parents' generation. Like I just triggered my mom because I got a mental health evaluation. And she was like, ooh, I probably got a few of those. I said, no, mom, you got them all and some more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's like, I'm not doing meds and this, this and that. I said, whoa, 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 calm down, woman. Yeah. Ain't nobody talking about you. I'm talking about me, me. and what is good mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. So my heart breaks for your mom because of the struggles and especially with the alcohol. I have my grandma and two uncles that their liver gave out mm. around 50s oh wow young because young, young. super young yeah but my grandma i say it's not funny but i said that my grandma has a right to be an alcoholic because she was pregnant for two decades she had 11 kids back to back to back yeah and an abusive husband she had a oh, right to no. be an alcoholic but then my uncles i was like really like you didn't learn what it yeah. does to your liver and yeah. you know but they didn't want to deal with their mental health struggles yeah my diagnosis my supervisor just told me can you tell me what you didn't get diagnosed with <laughs> <laughs> because i have it all my brain was like oh yeah took in severe depression mm. moderate to severe anxiety mm. ptsd because of trauma yeah. adhd um, codependency uh, disorder. Uh, I build a new uh, category for anger oh, and wow. bipolar. Really? Yes, ma'am. Wow. So people who tell me that they're that they are diagnosed with bipolar, like I empathize with them, and like I feel like close to like it. it it hits me hard, right? Because yeah. of my mom. Yeah. But and then when I went to therapy, actually, my therapist told me, I'm surprised that you only have depression and anxiety. You know, she was like, from everything that you went through, I'm actually surprised that you are, you know, not don't have more. But then like, now that you share your diagnosis, it's like, wow, like, you know, there's there's a lot out there, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and man, I have to like, have them all. <laughs> man, in, in the, the, the Hispanic community, like we we go through so much, so much trauma, so much sweeping under the rug, so much we don't talk about that. And it's like, that's all toxic. It's all trauma. It's all like, um, I don't even know. Like, it's just, it's, it's a oh, yeah. lot and, and we don't deal with it. We don't talk about it and it's not healthy at all. And I really, really want to break that cycle within my family. Cause that's all I can do. Like, I can't, you know, tell my grandma to go to therapy. I can't force, you know, like I, I can't force them, you know, like I'll tell her like, grandma, you need therapy, but it's like, I can't force her, you know? So what I can do 
is make sure that I'm taken care of and that I heal and to make sure that I'm doing better for my daughter. You know, like I want to give her a childhood that she doesn't have to recover from because I have to recover from my childhood from not from not being protected, for not being nurtured, for not being guided in the in the correct way, you know, like we don't realize how much our childhood affects us Mm -hmm. until we actually do the work. Because I didn't know until I went to therapy that my anxiety stemmed from not feeling safe with my mom. And that's what the therapist told me, you know, she was, um, she explained to me that like your mother as the person who gave you life, your mother is supposed to, you know, provide a safe nurturing environment. And unfortunately, because of my mom's bipolar disorder, she, and not knowing, you know, she, she couldn't like, it was a, I felt unsafe with my mom because, you know, with alcoholism, she, she drove drunk a lot of times and it's like i was in that car terrified for my life you know and like and that's not a situation that your mother's supposed to put you in right you're she's supposed to protect you and i've you know i've forgiven my mother i i i don't blame her for for anything um and i understand but it's like it's still stuff that i have to heal from you know and oh sweetie i call my mom almost perfect but that almost is in caps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love her to death, but she mm-hmm. lost her mom. That's why my heart breaks for you because uh, she lost her mom in her early 20s and she's mm. the baby of 11 kids. Okay. So like they got to have mom. My mom didn't. They didn't. And yeah. she had a four-year-old daughter, divorced, remarried, and she loses her mom. Like yeah. she was going through a lot in her early 20s. And then having me as a daughter, that's just a bonus, you know, Sherry <laughs> on top with a New Yorkian, you know, somebody that was raised in New York, yeah. <laughs> but just had no business in being in the island, comes to the island, meets my mom, gets my mom out of the island and had to make me, you know, bunch of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> my mom goes back to Puerto Rico you know, because she wanted me to be raised with the family. Mm-hmm. Well, that um, bit her in the ass pretty much because it, it backfired. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language. <laughs> you're sure, girl. Well, <laughs> so you're dealing with childhood trauma, mm-hmm. generational trauma. Yeah. And the sherry on top, cultural trauma. Yeah. That we can go on forever and ever. (laughs) But I'm so glad that you have that form of art and poetry Mm -hmm. to get that out, your story out and heal through the process. I'm still healing through mine. Yeah. And I haven't shared my story yet. So you're brave and I admire you, you know, for being out there and going on podcasts to tell about your story and everything. Well, I feel like, like I mentioned, like healing is a, a lifelong journey because, you know, the trauma that also I went through with um, my daughter's father, you know, the uh, mental abuse, the um, emotional abuse, and just like feeling so insecure in a relationship that causes anxiety. Oof. And, you know, just the whole the whole cheating and everything. Um, I, 
what was when was it it was like i think like two years ago or so or like a year and a half ago so like i had a nightmare like about that about like me going through his phone again finding messages and and like just feeling you know all those feelings right and so i had i texted my therapist and i was like why am i still having dreams about this like i'm re i'm remarried like i'm in a healthy relationship you know so it's like i don't think about this man anymore like why am i still having dreams about this and then um she's like well your body stores trauma and things will trigger you so you're always gonna have triggers because you know it's it's just it's just you just learn how to um deal with the triggers when you are triggered you know so she was like your body stores trauma so if something triggers it then you know your subconscious mind will you know bring it up so that's what happened and i was like jesus like i just you know it's just something that i guess i just will always just have to deal with um moving forward but like you know just recognizing your your triggers what triggers you and just learning how to cope with it is what will help you move forward um, yes, I'm looking around because I have the book, The Body Keeps Score. I mm. do not who the author is, but that one is a good one to um, explain, <clears throat> excuse me, to explain more of what you're talking about. Yeah. Because the trigger, your body will feel every vi vibration like yep. you are there. Um, for me, it was explained as um, somebody that goes to the army. Mm -hmm. they go to war mm -hmm. and they do what they have to do now they come back and they're questioning themselves as if i'm that person that had to do what to do to survive yeah or am i this civilian now with a good heart and everything else yeah so um for me it was as simple as one time a, a watch my boyfriend wore a watch and it put me back to my biological father. Mm. I never had something simple as a wash trigger yeah. me. And I was like, wow, but I worked through my triggers. I'm a, I'm a, I love the challenge. So I'm like, oh, I found a new trigger. Now let's go back and do the work yeah. and all, everything else. My friend, my work wife is always like, oh my gosh, there goes another child, it's inner child work and stuff like that. She hates it because I trigger her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, a trigger for me is like, oh, I, because I had my first panic attack mm. six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. My biological father showed up at my work Ooh. and yeah having your boogeyman just showed up oh girl that was a good time oh, man. Um, all i was screaming was i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay because it went we made eye contact and that was it i lost my yeah. shit mm -hmm. so they took me aside and whatever and then once i learned what a panic attack was i was like oh heck to the now i have to do all the work so now i have places where I have anxiety I don't have a panic attack I would just feel myself in the danger zone like as I call yeah. it and then it's like okay it's time to get myself compassion give myself grace and let's see breathe I, I let's see I have a podcast episode of um my anxiety uh survival kit okay and it's like five things breathing walking 
dancing if you can. Like I know that you are not you're in in the danger zone. You're like, oh yeah, let me have a dance. Let me go dance. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like things that I know mentally that when I'm not lo logically here, mm -hmm. I can be like, okay, breathe. That's the first thing. Walk it off. Ask for help. You know, I have my friends that is like, oh, even uh, that doesn't work. Facebook. Hey, we're uh, prayer warriors. I yes. need you right now. Pray for my mental health because I, I can't do it. I know that I'm okay, but my brain is telling me I'm not okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's it's so much. <laughs> oh yeah. All that. No, and it's crazy how you said just, just a simple watch, you know, can bring back memories. There are certain songs that I can't listen to because you just go right back to that place and, and the, the emotions are there and things like that. And so, like, I avoid, you know, certain songs just because it just brings me back to certain memories in my childhood that it's like, I, I don't want to relive that and yeah like sometimes like and you know how your mind wanders like you start talking they're thinking about one thing and then you lead to another and to another and then all of a sudden you're like back in this like place like this like um you know childhood memory or like back to this like bad memory and it's like how did i even get here like why am i thinking about this kind of thing so i tend to do that sometimes and it's like no like happy thoughts like no let's let's not go down that rabbit hole let's just you know focus on what i'm doing Cause yeah, like any little thing can trigger you and it's like a certain sense, you know, like certain smell or, or anything like that. And it's just, it's crazy how our body like reacts and remembers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's take a segue to talk about <laughs> your podcast. All right. <laughs> so my podcast is the American dream in the eyes of immigrants. And I bring immigrants on and they share their journey about coming to the United States, adapting to living in a new country, new culture, new language, and cultural shocks that they experience. And the reason why I started this podcast is, you know, my parents are immigrants from the Dominican Republic. So it's a very, it's a subject that's very close to home. And I want to try to change the narrative that there is about immigration. I want it to be a more compassionate and empathetic way of viewing immigration. And I thought like, what best way to do this than by sharing people's stories? Because if you actually listen to their stories, listen to the struggles, the reason why they came here, you can connect with people more, right? You can be more empathetic and compassionate and just open your mind and understand more. And the people that I have had on have had incredible stories um you know obviously some heartbreaking stories because sometimes it's not a very welcoming welcome that like a very you know open arms welcome that they've had like you know had to have to deal with struggles with the racism with um just many different things so i've had people from i'm trying to get you know obviously from all over the world so i've had people from venezuela from obviously dominican republic so i have family members that have shared Nice. Mexico, um, Colombia. I have someone scheduled from Brazil, and I just recently did one from Pakistan, which was, I mean, that her story really, really struck me. And, and a lot of them, you know, have their own businesses, you know, so I give them the opportunity to share their business, what service they provide. And I love that because, you know, there's the whole, oh, they're coming to steal our jobs crap you know 
So it's like all these people have their own businesses. And what does that do? That gives back to our economy. That creates jobs. You know, it's like these people are working for themselves. They're they're not taking other people's jobs. And a lot of immigrants that come are professionals. You know, like they had a high skill paying job in their country, but then they come here and they have to work as janitors. They have to work, you know, as low skill jobs um because it's just it's not the same right and then for example like i know there's i know there's a lot of doctors from other countries who work here as either uh, medical assistants or i believe nurse too so like they because like in order to be a doctor here from when you're from a different country like they there's like three different tests that you have to take and you have to like do um pretty much like the residency, like all over. It's a lot and it's also expensive. So it's it's really hard work. So, so yeah, so my podcast, like it's just, my target audience obviously is non-immigrants, but I feel like the majority of people who listen are immigrants. So I really um, ask people to share, you know, like once they're on the, on the episode, like to share on their platform, share with their friends or family. Um, when I checked my stats, it's been listened to in 14 different countries, which was like really cool. Yeah, like I had not expected that at all. And it's um, it's been like generating listen, like, you know, it's been like ongoing and it's it's really cool to like see the like your your numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah, like looking at it and it was like, oh my gosh, people are listening. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like it's like really humbling, you know, and it's very exciting. And honestly, like after I listen to these stories, I'm just like, wow, God, like you really like, I don't know, he like really just put this in my heart. And I just love connecting with people. I love listening to people's stories, just because we all have a story, right? And I feel like everyone's story matters. So just being able to have this platform for people to share their immigration story is like really, really humbling, really amazing. And they all thank me for letting me or yeah for letting them share their story like every single one is like no Heidi thank you for this platform for this safe space to share our stories and I'm like thank you thank you for being vulnerable and honest and and yeah so it's really amazing honestly like I absolutely love doing podcasting and interviewing people like I I'm hoping that it can you know be big like maybe a production or something but yeah, like I hope it reaches, you know, as much people as it can because these these stories really, really matter. Oh yeah, I can't wait to listen to it. It sounds amazing because yeah, I love that um, to change the perspective. And yeah, I can see how um, your audience is more immigrants mm -hmm. because we, we do, we look for that cultural and even yeah, Pakistan, it doesn't matter where you come from you can relate off, um, I was over here, I was having a life, and then as a child came over here, mm -hmm. so now you have to learn a different language, yes, a different culture, yep. now you don't feel at home here, No. but you can't go back and feel at home either, no. when I go back at home, I'm a gringa, a white mm -hmm. girl, girl, Yes. Oh, I have. I actually, I have two <laughs> sisters scheduled, and they are childs of immigrants, so like me, right? 
So yeah. they were born here, but their parents were immigrants. So they're going to talk about the struggles of being a child of an immigrant because it's a whole different story. <laughs> like you're you're too Dominican for your American friends, and then you're too American for your Dominican family. Well, over so, here I'm a Mexican. So oh, over there yeah. I'm a white girl in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'm a gringa, and over here I'm a Mexican. Yeah. So I just took it in and I, <laughs> like, I, I, accept, I accept it yeah I <laughs> because over there I can't relate to the culture anymore mm-hmm. you know I got out because I had troubles with the culture I love it Puerto Ricans are the sweetest more most partying people I mean they make a party even for the dolls Everything. okay it doesn't yeah. matter if a baby has a doll and she has a birthday we're celebrating the <laughs> yeah. Barbie doll's birthday. Yes. <laughs> so it's like awesome and everything, but it's so busy mm-hmm. and they don't want to deal with the trauma. They creating more drama. I, I just, mm-hmm. so I'm in a, a mastermind group mm-hmm. and she's married to a Salvadorian and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't want drama. I said, oh, sweetie, you married <laughs> the wrong race. <laughs> we create the trauma and we're proud of the trauma we're like yeah we did that because <laughs> she was trying to do a healthy co-parenting yeah i said oh no sweetie we don't do that in the hispanic culture there's no, such a thing about uh that's a white people thing i mean i don't <laughs> want to be <laughs> like too out there but i was like yeah we don't do that so it was nice to for her to see my perspective yeah. sharing because i'm like i'm not from el salvador but i'm from puerto rico and yeah. i know there his family is looking at you crazy i know that yeah. you're looking at him <laughs> like he's the crazy one but in this scenario you're the crazy you're, one. Yep, yep. <laughs> so i love that and then knowing other cultures i have been talking oh, to yeah. a lot of people from the uk because oh, really? of my podcast so really? <laughs> i love that i i do love listening about the different cultures and learning about the different cultures and actually there and then like there's a lot of similarities right between the dominican and whatever culture that i'm, I'm the guest is from and and it's like we can relate on that because it's different here in the united states like for example we're very big on respecting our elders, right? And same thing, like I had a guest from India and she, you know, she had mentioned that. And I was like, oh my gosh, us too, you know? And um, we're very, I don't wanna say religion, well, yeah, religion, right? Like that's like, that shapes a lot of the, the Hispanic culture. Um, and then, so she mentioned from India, like everybody believes, you know, it's very spiritual, right? So it's like, so it's just crazy. And then the lady from Pakistan, she was talking about like the food, like when she went back, like the food is just like, you know, completely different than what it is here in the United States. And then she was mentioning like um, the sodas. And then it just brought me back to the Dominican Republic. It's like, oh my gosh, the Coca-Cola over there is just so different oh from the one here. Oh my God, it's so good. It, yes, I was like, yeah. I was like, I can relate because it's so good. And I, I, and I told her, I was like, every time my dad goes to the Dominican Republic, I'd be telling him like, you got to bring me some Coca-Cola because, you know, it's just so different. So it's just so amazing also to just learn about different cultures and, you know, trying to like see from their perspective, you know, like leaving that country, coming here, and things like that but then like you know you also see it with our families like trying to navigate this system here in the united states trying to learn and and trying to keep your own culture but then also like embracing the culture here 
Um, cause I, the one specifically from Pakistan, she told me, you know, like her grandma was very like, you know, we're going to continue wearing our traditional clothes. We're going to, you know, continue like our, you know, their customs. And, and I asked her, I was like, how, how do you feel about that looking back? Like now that you're an adult and she was like, you know, when I was a kid, I hated her for it. Cause you know, you like wanted to like blend in instead of stand out. Right. And then she's like, but now that I'm an adult, like I appreciate her so much for, you know, forcing me to continue to speak their language so she wouldn't lose it. And and then like now she like, you know, she still wears her traditional clothes, even if people do stare at her, but she's still comfortable and confident in in who she is, right? And and still um in their culture. And and that's a good thing about the United States. Like there's so many different cultures, so many different people, and you can learn so much. Like there's a whole world out there, people. Like go travel, go learn about different cultures, go see the world because it really, really changes your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, it it really does. Just going to a different state. No. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, are we in a different country? <laughs> I know. And a lot of people here, like a lot of Americans born here, like they don't leave and leave their state. Like, like the percentage is really high of people who just like don't travel and it's like no guys come on get like get out there expand your mind you know it's it's crazy yeah uh for me because i moved here when i was 15 uh you know knowing better than everybody uh i got mad at my mom and my family so i was like hey stranger to my biological father um do you think you want to race me now and that didn't work out so well but i mean you know <laughs> i'm still here <laughs> uh, uh after that i, I miss my mom her rules because she was overprotective i'm an only child from my mom's side and yeah. i have a half brother from my biological side and so my mom had me in this tiny box where i barely could walk because mm. i was gonna get hurt oh, i was yeah. her baby so <laughs> Uh, and then coming here and doing everything, you know, um, I was able to graduate um, high school the year that I was supposed to in a different language in a different country. Yeah. Uh, but I have seen like a bunch of states. And then when it comes to vacations, I want to do other countries. But another thing about being Hispanic and being an immigrant or whatever is that you have to go back home to see your family so that's my vacation money yeah my vacation money is to go to puerto rico and um you know spend time with my family because if not i don't see them and this is the first time that is uh been three years wow. without seeing my family without going back yeah, because I have my parents here for 2020 and I'm like, I love my family and my friends and everything. But if I have my parents, I'm like, okay, I'm not going over there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to get my parents to come visit me more so I don't have to go there. I try to go every other year. Yeah. But like now my mom just told me three of my cousins are in college. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> what happened? Bro. Yeah. What happened? Those, those are my babies. Yeah. One of them was the last baby that I held in Puerto Rico, and oh. two of them were in their bellies when I left. Yeah. So, in their mom's bellies. So it's like time flies, and you have to think, mm -hmm. we have to think different from a person that has had everybody in their family and everything in the same state, in the same town, in the same neighborhood 
yeah. you know, we are just so different and we think different. Yeah, we do. That is so true. We yeah. have different needs. <laughs> it is, it is like, oh man, like um, I just recently did a podcast episode two days ago and I was talking about the whole immigration process and, but I was also talking about like when my grandfather passed in 2020 and like even the funeral arrangements for us is different like he passed here but he had everything set up in the dominican republic so it's like we had to do the service here and then get his body over to to the dominican republic and then do another service there and so it was just it was a lot like even that is different for us because here if your whole family is here you don't gotta you just do the funeral service and it's just here and that's it like you're done but for us it was like double you know like it's trauma in itself yeah exactly because we have to deal it with twice and and -hmm. and going back you know i i'm a citizen because i'm from puerto rico puerto rico Mm -hmm. is part of the united states but it's pretty much the same no matter i say no matter where i die i'm going back to the island (laughs) it's just crazy it's just completely different for us like you said like we have to think differently and yeah now that you say that i'm sorry it's gonna get weird but like how do you guys deal with grieving because my family is the type that they do a facebook block oh really yeah when a person dies it's a facebook block we can't talk about that person it was like that person never existed well i talked a lot about my grandfather and on social media so honestly like uh, everybody grieves differently and that's what people don't especially in our culture don't understand because they think that like you need to do this in order to grieve like I, I think it was my grandma had mentioned that like when her father died she wore something black for a year yes like, even if it was just her socks you know she wore something black for a year and and yeah so like she was like trying to like say like oh you can't do this because we're in grieving or we're in mourning but it's like everybody grieves differently and then when my uh, grandfather passed, like there was, you know, a lot of people calling, like to give their condolences and everything. And it's like we under we understood that, but in that moment, nobody wanted to talk, right? But then my grandma was like on the phone with everybody, trying to like force, you know, us to like talk to these people. And like my uncle had to tell her, like, no, like I don't want to talk to anybody, you know, like he just passed. So it was it was hard because again like everybody grieves differently but people think that we should be there's a certain way to grieve and it's like no my way of grieving was sharing my grandfather's or my memories with my grandfather so i did share on on social media i did um but i did take a social media break too because i just needed to um Yeah. yeah just like it was just too much but I don't know if it offended any of my family members. I don't know if like they felt some type of way because I was sharing. I don't care. It was my way of grieving him, my way of, you know, keeping his memory alive for me. And even to this day, like, you know, when his anniversary comes up, like I'll share pictures of us and, and things like that. So it is very hard again, because people think that you have to grieve a certain way, but no, like you, you grieve your way and try to respect how other people grieve. I just learned about grieving in my 30s. Mm. I didn't know that that's the thing that my family has been doing all this time. Mm. Because after grandma died, they lost it. Then uh, a cus- two cousins uh, died. One was a baby, so I didn't met him. 
and then another one, I was like 10 years old, but that one rocked the whole family because he was the angel of the family and he was just 18. I think he died a week after his 18th birthday. And that one, like, we really, the family went crazy because my uncle, like, w went into depression and everything else. And then grandpa and all of the other death, I have been here. So I don't get to be with my family. So like mm -hmm. I'm crying and I feel it here, but the grieving really doesn't come till I go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And it hits me it hits you. the second mm -hmm. I hit the uh um the island and I I don't see them. So, but because of my family with their unhealthy way of dealing with emotions, I didn't know what grieving was till or that you can do it in a healthy kind of way yeah, yeah. because of a family member two years ago through COVID and everything, he had cancer and a friend of mine, his dad passed away and his wife was cons consoling me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course you have to consult the Latina the drama queen like oh my god this is their you know this is their husband yeah, their dad yeah. and they're consoling the latina that can't hold their emotions yeah because he meant so much to me yeah. but as i saw them um doing birthday party to celebrate him uh they go to um uh what is it the cemetery okay my family doesn't go to the cemetery mm. that's a no-no so I was like, oh my gosh, you can do that. So see them going through the grieving process, like healed me yeah. to now moving forward. So I'm sorry, I didn't want to turn it into no, grieving no, no. or whatever, but once you, we mentioned it, it was like, oh my God, I go crazy because of how crazy my family is. No, it's okay. Cause I, I, I talk about, um, well, I write about in my blog about grieving a lot of times because of the death of my mom, the death of my grandfather, and then seven months later, my husband lost his mom, so my mother-in-law passed, and then um, during the period between my grandfather's death and my mother-in-law's death, I had a miscarriage, so that's another another grief. So I know I, I talk about grief um, to help others, again, sharing my story, because Obviously, I learned about grief um, at the age of 23 because that's when my mom my mom passed and it was just like I had to learn myself because everyone around me had their mother, you know, I was like the only one, you know, my grandma was still alive so my dad had his mom, my stepmom still has her mom, you know, so like I was the only one who had lost her mom at that moment so no one could understand the pain and the void that I had, you know, but then once my grandfather passed like it's it's different because it's not your mom but it's still a loss like a hard hard loss because you know we, the whole family was close to him he lived with us when i was he started living with us when i was six, 15 or 16 right so he had been in my life for years and he had been um for a lot of milestones you know like he was there for my graduation he was there. I took my driving test in his car, you know, so he was a very, very a, a big part of my life. So like when he passed, it was like it hurt, like, you know, it still hurts. But yeah, so no, like I definitely talk about grieving just because 
unless you lose someone special like you don't know what it's like and it's different for everyone too and sometimes you know people try to find the right words to say when you're grieving and it's like sometimes we don't need you to say anything sometimes we just need you to listen sometimes we just need you to give us a hug like if you don't know what to say when someone's grieving don't say anything you know just say i'm here or ask them what do you need from me how can i help you in this in this moment right because sometimes when you try to say something or be helpful sometimes what you say is not you know it's not it's it's worse you know so if someone is grieving you know just let them grieve the way that they need to grieve ask them what they need from you in that moment again sometimes it's just being a listening ear sometimes it's just a hug sometimes just letting them know I'm thinking about you. I'm here for you because um, everybody grieves differently. It's different for everybody. And once you lose a loved one, it's like, I feel like, you know, we grieve, we grieve, you know, for life. It's like, it doesn't get easier. We just learn how to live with it, you know, live with the void, live with the pain. And, you know, there's certain songs, like my grandfather was a big fan of ABBA um, from the seventies, the, the, the band. So sometimes I can listen to the the music and sometimes I can't because it just brings me back to my grandfather, you know, and, and yeah. So I don't know. It, it's okay, girl. Like uh, grieving is I, something that I do talk about. Nice. Yeah. And you have lost a lot of people close to you. Like, wow, <laughs> girl. And you still keep that beautiful smile oh. for people that can't see you. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, is all God is my strength. I'm I'm very very big on my faith, and he he really got me in uh, through that grieving season. Um, I'm actually writing an article about the grieving season because I'm gonna submit it to a publication. Hopefully, it gets picked up. But it's it's just about that. It's just about like how God really was my rock during when my grandfather passed the miscarriage and and my um my mother in law because I was. I was very, very intentional to continue reading the Bible every day and doing Bible studies because, you know, when you're in the season of grief, you you don't want to do anything it, like it's draining to do anything, you know, because you're so down, you feel so heavy. But I was like, I am going to be intentional on still reading the word, still seeking God. Um, especially with the miscarriage, I was listening to worship music a lot, which, you know, made me cry, but it like gave me hope. It's like, okay, you know, and, and thank God I have my rainbow baby. I have my son who was, um, born in December of last year. So he's almost one, but no, like being very, um, big on my faith and being very rooted in, in God's word really, really helped me. So yeah, that's, that's how I can keep a smile on my face when I talk about it is, is all God's doing, honestly. Yeah, I love that you say that um, because um, God is amazing and people don't get it that he nowhere it said that he was going to save you from everything and anything. Some things are self-inflicted. Some (laughs) things are because evil exists in the world and we can't help it Mm -hmm. but he did promise he was going to be there by our side if we call his attention ask and you should receive and people forget that and yeah i have gone through hell and back i have my season that i was angry at god 
because yeah. that's okay yeah. too. I don't recommend it, but that's okay too. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. It's like, and people think that like, oh, because we are believers that our life is easy or it should be easy. No, like you said, like he did not promise that our life was going to be easy, but he said that he will be there with us during those challenging times. And honestly, like my faith has is what really helped me through those challenging times that I that I've been through. Like all that that I've talked about has happened in my 20s. I'm not even I'm not 30. I am 29 years old. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. So like again, when I was telling my therapist about everything that I went through, she was like, "You have been through in your life what people go through in their lifetime." And I was, and that's why she said, "Like I'm surprised." It's just depression and anxiety that you've been dealing with. But honestly, man, like it's, it's all God's doing. It's you yeah, know. God's grace. Yes. And all I can say, my 20s were different. Uh, mine were self-inflicted uh, trauma <laughs> and things like that. But now in my 30s, girl, let me give you hope. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for my 30s. Like, I'm so I excited. I am 34, and I'm rocking this grown-up thing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> now you feel like a grown-up. It's like, when do we feel like a grown-up? Like, I remember. I have no freaking this. idea. 25? I remember being 25, and me and my, uh, my friend who, like, we literally, like, grew up together. We were like, man, we're... 25 but we don't feel like a grown-up yet i was like i know like i have a, a you know whole kid to take care of like how, how am i doing this you know <laughs> how yeah. am i surviving life right now i know and that's why i have the life with francie podcast because it's oh. pretty much like a, a guide for adulting like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know like i'm here doing all kinds of things that people are like are you even a grown-up i'm like i don't know i google it and Google can't no. tell me if I'm a grown-up <laughs> yet. Yeah. But as a male lady, I have customers of all ages. And yeah. I can tell you, I have people in their 80s that don't want to be their, a grown-up. Oh, girl, no. Girl, so girl, that's, that's not... me. <laughs> that's me. Oh, yeah. Just enjoy what, what life. What did say that? The uh, doll hood is like the ghettoest hood you can be. You don't want to be here. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love our conversation. And I told you I had to have all the alarms going off because we were going to be here for like two or three hours. <laughs> uh, so we talk about your book, we talk about the podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to plug in? No, I think we covered a lot. I mean, people can follow me. I do like from the extension of my writing, like I sell journals and, and things like that. But hold up, what? Girl, now you just added another hour. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I'm the queen of journaling. So no what's way. up? What's happening? Oh, yes, I journal everything. I journal everything, girl, everything. My poems, my thoughts, my prayers. I'm really big on journaling my prayers, my goals, because I love reflecting back on what um like you know, I set goals, I set yearly goals, and I love reflecting back on the goals that I achieved. And then if I didn't, what what happened, right? Because sometimes you set one goal, but something better happens, right? So so yeah, no, I journal everything. And um, so in Amazon, I have three journals. I have one that's my prayer journal. So, so people can journal their prayers. The other one is for gratitude, um, just to help people see the positive, right? Like, what are you thankful for? Because that changes 
uh, so much like if you're starting your day bad and you realize like one thing bad happens and then another thing like and you stay in this mood it, like you 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 bring that energy right that negative energy and it's like a snowball effect but if you stop and reflect and it's like no okay my day started off like this but i'm going to intentionally change my mindset think of like three things that you're grateful for it changes your mood it changes to positive right and so you can attract that positivity and then my third um journal is called into my thoughts which is like an extension of my blog um so that's more for creative so it's like for you to like if you have a project going on so you can like organize it and so like a space for you to just be creative um there's the space for you to take notes and then for you know do a daily um affirmations because i think that's so important and then um yeah so just writing down your projects and then i have three notebooks that i designed on etsy and one of them is your words matter so it's like for anybody who like creative right uh, for anybody who like writes songs or poetry or um want to write a book just want to get their words out i specifically design it as your words matter because again i feel like people's stories matter so however way what medium you want to use to get your story out there your words out there um i always start with writing so the other one that i have is a um my favorite um bible verse is hebrews 6 19 we have this hope as an anchor for our soul so that there's a, a notebook with that bible verse on there and then there's another notebook that says you are loved so it's kind of like a little reminder you know that you are loved um god loves you um you have people around you that loves you i love you even though you know like you're just trying to spread that love and positivity so so yeah i'm very very big on journaling which um so i create journals try to help people like get into journaling so like on my blog if you sign up for my newsletter i send you 30 journaling prompts so you could do like one question a day to like you know get people into journaling so and there's just so much benefits with journaling like it helps with your mental health it can help um organize your thoughts your feelings Ah, oh, there's just so much on journaling itself that, you Oh know. my God, yeah. yes, I love it. <laughs> I carry a book bag with me. Mm -hmm. And in that book bag, I have four notebooks around this size. Yes, that's, how, that's the size of the, the notebooks. <laughs> really, girl, yeah. I'm, I'm going shopping after this <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I'm huge on planners that I turn mm -hmm. into journals. Yep. And right now I got me a plum planner and oh my gosh, it has to say, I'm going to go dork over here, a uh, happy planner dashboard. So I have like the vision board mm -hmm. for the week on one page and then what actually happened okay. on the other page. So I can see the week because I'm a visual person, yep. mm -hmm. but then when it comes to journals, I have no book for prayer. I have no book for gratitude, everything that you had. But that's amazing that you have your own products. Oh, oh yes. girl, you are just amazing. I love Thank you. you. <laughs> I just I just try to share what helps me, you know, and, and the reason. So yeah, so it can help others. Cause a lot of people tell me, like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to journal or I don't know, I don't have the time. But it's like start with three minutes that's it just three minutes answer one question and then it's like it's like anything that you start right you start off small and then you just get used to it like exercising right or 
just anything, just anything. You just start off small, and then as you go, you you learn, and it, and it's muscle memory and things like that. So again, like I journal everything, like any single thought or like like even like if I want to write something, if I get an idea of like an article to write or anything like that, like I I write it down, and it's better to write it down because then you're not gonna remember later on because your mind can store just so much information. So it's definitely helped get organized my life too, like, you know, my to-do list. Um, so like with the whole podcasting and the writing, like I, I need to get organized somehow, I write everything. So like you said, like the, the planner, write down a to-do list, um, write down just everything, just get it out of your brain and and put it. And the, the researchers have shown that like doing a brain dump is just like, um, five. you set a timer for five minutes and then you just write whatever comes to mind and then you can, look at it and reflect and it's like okay what do i want to do with this or why did i think of this and, and things like that it's just it just helps with your mental health too i love it so i'm so glad that we found each other through uh woman in podcasting yes. i forgot to give a shout out to the group to jennifer because she's awesome and she's creating yes. and a great community for podcaster to find I guess as well as just people that want to be on podcasts and yeah. find uh places to be interviewing so but no thank you so much I have had the best time interviewing you, you I feel amazing. like I've gained a friend like we, we yes please <laughs> oh my gosh I love it so any uh it, when you said you was working on another book I right now I'm just focusing on this one, just promoting it, but I eventually want to do a series. So the book name okay. is Words of the Heart. I don't even think I mentioned the book's name. That's oh okay. my gosh. The poetry <laughs> book is Words from the Heart. And I want to create like a series, right? So like, you know, the first one was like about the, the whole trauma and everything. And I'm still writing poetry, you know. Um I get inspired daily, like when you know, so I write down poetry. So yeah, so I want to do a series right now. I'm I'm just focusing on this one poetry book and my therapist suggested for me to write a memoir um so i'm kind of yeah. like you know should when should i do it should i not kind of thing um but for right now i it's been strictly poetry so yeah i love it but no i was just gonna say when you write something else come back to the show oh yes and promote the heck out of it <laughs> I would love yes. to have you back. Uh, thank you so much for this. I've, I've had a blast. I've had a blast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to another episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Um, hope you have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you like to stay in touch or like to support me in any other way, check out my Linktree Life with Francie profile where I have all of my social media, uh, coupons for my favorite stores, and more. Also, if you like this podcast, it will mean the world to me if you share it with your friends or leave a review. God bless. Don't stress. I'll be back with another episode soon.